Hey there, welcome to Beyond the Bikini podcast, where you can enhance your body and your mind. My name is Nicole Ferrier, exercise science grad, certified personal trainer, bikini competitor, and coach. On this podcast, you will learn more about my experience in the fitness industry, competing in bikini competitions, mental health, and how to gain more success in your own life in your fitness journey. So sit back, relax, or power through this cardio session and enjoy. Welcome back, guys, to another episode of Beyond the Bikini Radio. We have a returning guest, Sarah Bishop. Welcome back. Thank you. Good to be on. We were talking the other day about being obsessed and people feeling like they need this sense of control. And both of us were like, okay, that would be a really good podcast episode. So this episode is going to be all about like, are you in control or are you being a little too obsessive when it comes to your nutrition, your training, or even just your mindset in general? Yeah. So we were talking because it like control, like it's kind of in a, it's, we're going to talk about it, I guess, but, um, we can, like define them too. Like let's define the differences between like being in control versus like obsessive based tendencies. Yeah. So I think for me, the line is you, you're always in control and you're, obsessed when it becomes like you can't deviate from the plan Mm -hmm. and like you have to be like the control has to be one way or Mm -hmm. nothing else everything else kind of falls apart a little bit in your mind I think it's also like the amount of like anxiety around it a loss of control there might be some anxiety of like oh now I need to like pivot and change my plan up like that's different because you're still having a solution but being obsessed is like you break down like you can't move forward like you don't know what to do it's kind of like the person that like they go to like a lifestyle client you go to a social event there's some food and you've been there for hours and you're starving and you're like well I don't know how to track anything perfectly so I'm just not going to eat at all and then you end up leaving and you feel horrible yeah that's a good example and I guess the flip side would be someone that it's kind of black and white and they just say fuck it and eat all the things or you know kind of lose control quote unquote in that way yeah I mean there's two different types of people too like this podcast I feel like is more so for the people who are very strict very type a very on their fitness goals on their nutrition Um, not necessarily the person that is more relaxed with it. Like, I feel like those people, they could benefit from having more control and more structure. Um, but again, there is that fine line of like, what is good and what is a little too much. Yeah. And I was talking to someone else about this the other day, because that it, you have to know who you are. And I think as both, you know, someone, you know, listening, like a consumer of information, and then also someone who shares information, you kind of have to know your tendencies a little bit and kind of what lens you see things from. Um, But I am definitely the more psycho borderline person and I like control and I'm very, very, very type A. Um, And it's easy for me to stay in control, but I also know what it feels like to be too obsessed and too rigid and that leading to me being completely out of control, which is 
the difference. Like you think you're in control, but then you kind of realize, oh, wow, I'm out of control if I'm not able to be flexible and I'm ruled by my my program, my protocols, my macros, and I like can't do anything else unless all of those things are in line. Yeah. Do you want to like maybe give like, we could give like even personal examples of like when I demonstrated like being a little obsessed with nutrition or training, like I can think of an example right off the top of my head for myself. Oh yeah. I could think of a lot of examples. I think, um, one good example, like training wise would be like me, like saying no to like events or like missing out on things because I had to train, um, or like being like, um, like skipping, skipping sleep, like, you know, black slacking, slacking on sleep because I had to go run three miles in the morning. Yeah. I've done like very similar things. I was thinking of when I had and not being able to stop that behavior. Yeah. Like like I had like a vacation or if I had travel and I knew I'd be sitting a lot for the day, I'd wake up at like 3am to like work out, even if it was like a super early flight. And, you know, part of it, I think people can use as a cover-up. Like if you're dealing with obsessive like tendencies, you might kind of lie to yourself in a way of like, oh, I'm just dedicated. Like I just care a lot. Like these goals are really important to me. And sure, your goals can be important, but you also shouldn't be putting your emotional health, your relationships, your uh, physical health on the back burner just to, you know, pursue this discipline that you say you have. I agree. And like food-wise, like, I think there's a lot of examples there for myself personally, and then thinking about like clients and stuff, but some examples, like you kind of said with the tracking, like if you can't track it perfectly, you don't want to eat it at all. That's something Mm -hmm. that comes up a lot, even like with stuff like meal prep, like if you don't know how to track, track raw versus cooked, or you're confused about eating something, you kind of like shut down and like avoid altogether. I think that's also like okay, maybe we're too focused on macros and maybe we're too tied to like this sense of control of the known. Cause I think that's what it comes down to is like this fear of like the unknown a little bit um, when it comes down to like control and also a lack of trust in either yourself and your abilities or a lack of trust in your body. Mm -hmm. And that's where people start to kind of feel like they have to cling tightly to control of like their food or of their training or else everything else is going to fall apart. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people are trying to limit as many bumps in the road in terms of like throwing them off of like being consistent, but there's going to be things that are are inevitable that are going to pop up and it's about being flexible and not being so rigid. And that's where you can also see that all or nothing mentality of like, I have this perfect plan. My day is all set up for success. And then your tire pops and it's been hours since you ate and you also have groceries in the back that all just went bad and you can like spiral into this really negative headspace versus, you know, having like more of a solutions-based mindset, which is a phrase I use with a lot of my clients is like, don't just look at like a problem as you're stuck there, try to find a solution, even if it is going to subway and getting a salad or something on the way back to your house like if your car broke down but there's going to be things in your life that you can't control people get injured people get sick work stress happens whatever it might be those are out of your three feet and when you start stressing out so much about them like you're really wasting your energy yeah 
And I think that step back is like a skill that you have to learn that that pause and like reflect, but it get, gets easier. You just have to keep, keep doing it. And like, we're, so we're recording this is December 1st, like holidays are a huge trigger for a lot of this kind of control stuff. And one thing that I know it's cliche to say and hear, but it really is true. Think about how many days of the year you are on plan and on it and how many meals you are exact and how many meals you track to the T. If we're talking maybe like people always say like, oh, two or three holiday meals. I'm like, I don't know what kind of holidays you're having, but for me, it's like seven or eight like holiday meals we're talking like between events and whatnot. Um, But just thinking like really like in the grand scheme of things, seven or eight meals you know, a year or, you know, even like 20 meals a year, like really, is that really going to be your make or break or throw things off? You know, no, it's not. And you always have a choice in those situations. I know this sounds like maybe bad and I shouldn't say, but like, and again, know yourself, you can always not eat. You can always bring your own food. You can always eat before the event. You can always, you know, customize the menu a little bit, ask for something on the side. You can always, um, like you said, you know, plan ahead, be flexible, have something that's, you know, on the go, maybe not something that you would typically t- eat like a ch- uh, Subway or Chipotle. Um, you can always pack protein bars. You can always, you know, have like things on hand. Um, you can always move your training day to the next day. You can always swap your squat for a leg press if they don't have, you know, a free barbell w- at the gym, you know, if you're traveling. So I don't know, those are like, that was a ramble of examples, but um, you can always con- control. It's like, and it's an illusion, right? It goes back to your perspective. So you can always be in control, quote unquote. You don't have to be rigid though. Yeah. Well, also I think, you know, being rigid, I can tell if a client is maybe being too rigid if, and we talked about this too, but if I'm like, Hey, have an untracked meal. And they're like, no. Or I'm like, Hey, I want you to have a refeed. They're like, no, I want to push. I want to go harder. If they're in a deficit, they're like, I don't want to take the diet break. I'm fine. You know? And I think that could be a hard thing too, is like putting that trust in your coach and, you know, letting the coach be in the driver's seat and recognize like, I'm not fully in control here and that's okay. That's a huge red flag. And like, I won't necessarily like call someone out, but that's where like, I really turn on coach hat and it's really encouraging. And reminding someone to trust themselves and trust their abilities and trust their bodies with, with that, like that comes up a lot with like, Hey, I want you to take an untracked meal or an intuitive day. And, you know, they either can't do it or they say, Oh, well, I went back and backlogged in my fitness pal. So it's like, well, you didn't really do the exercise, right? Like, and that's a good, that's a good test for sure. What you just said is can I, can I not do this? And how does that make me feel? And that like, for me, that was how I knew, like, you know, how disordered, you know, I was, I was, was when I couldn't stop running or I couldn't, you know, eat or drink, you know, the shake that I was supposed to and let go of my, you know, control. That's when I realized how completely out of control I was when just the anxiety and the, just, I literally could not do it. That was like, oh, okay. Like something like I'm not in control here anymore. Something else is. Yeah. And we've all been, I think, a little obsessed at times, like especially if you've recovered from from an eating disorder. And like for me, I can't even 
it's so funny because I like going back to the whole like you feel like you're in control when you're so obsessive and so disciplined but you're actually so out of control that you don't know how to stop and ask yourself too like when you're having those like emotional flare-ups of like something that went wrong and you're feeling upset ask yourself why am I feeling upset like what is going on in this situation that is making me feel this way and that can help you dive a little bit deeper Um, I used to have this weird mental rule of like, I had to work out before 3 PM. And if I didn't, I would have so much stress. Like I would literally feel like I was going to cry. Like I was just so overwhelmed. And I'd ask myself like, what's wrong with working out later? What's wrong with that? It's like other people work out later all the time. Your schedule is going to be crazy. What happens when you have a, I was in college at the time. What happens when you have a full-time job and you have to work out later? I'm like, okay, I have to learn how to be flexible. I have to learn how to break this pattern. And I remember starting to go to the gym a little bit later and I hated it. I still don't like training late at night, but I hated it. But I was trying to teach myself, we need to be more flexible and I have to learn how to expose myself to this thing that seems to stress me out for some reason. That's really like that exposure. That's really what it is. So that's what we do with like free meals and untracked meals. Um, a lot of times like as a coach or, um, like you did like with yourself, like having that like conversation in your head of kind of flipping the script and saying, it's going to be okay. And I can like play the tape through is kind of what I always say, like what happens if, I get to the gym at five o'clock. What does, you know, what does that feel like? And visualize it going well, like visualize it going, you know, quote unquote, your way, like visualize yourself having a great five o'clock workout and, you know, you get home and, you know, you eat your post-workout meal, like do your wind down routine, finish up those last couple of emails, you know, go to bed, like visualize it going, you know, a new way and, and still, you know, quote unquote, on plan in control, just maybe different than what it maybe looked like before. Yeah. Let's talk about different situations too. Like where people are like, they feel really at a loss. Like let's say someone is super ill or they just got in an accident. They have a surgery now and they can't work out and they can't, um, let's say they're, or they're really sick and they can't eat the way that they want to. How would you go about helping that person cope through that time and helping them feel like they're still making progress despite those challenges? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I guess person dependent, but, you know, really like say for like the injury example, like, you know, explaining and encouraging like, Hey, we still need to make sure that we're eating, you know, our meals and, you know, hitting our protein targets because this is going to support, you know, healing. And maybe you're not like seeing the results because we're talking like an internal injury, but knowing like, you know, appealing to kind of logic a little bit, like knowing like what those processes are and that it takes calories to fuel those processes. That's like a good kind of reframe there. And just like understanding that like, Hey, this is your task right now. And I think for a lot of people, like they identify as like, you know, being an athlete and, you know, having like an able body and being able to do these things and, you know, knowing that, Hey, like this is still, you know, doing what an athlete would do to take the time to properly recover, um, and like take your physical therapy seriously and, you know, rest and refuel. So I think like for myself, like, and you know, my clients like appealing to kind of logic a little bit and like understanding kind of the why is really helpful. Um, in, in that kind of situation. And then I think it's also hard too, when it's not you, but it's someone else, like 
in the case of maybe like a family member or like someone, you, you know, you're responsible for caring for get sick and that impacts what you can do. Um, like, you know, moms, like baby sick, you know, can't get to the gym, um, that sort of thing. Do you come up with, come across that? I mean, now you probably yeah. do. So. I mean, I actually just had that happen this week. I had their child gotten an accident with like a, a dog. So they had to go to the ER and it threw them off. So, um, it happens, you know, and I, in those situations, I normally tell my moms to like, Hey, maybe instead of going to the gym for your workouts, we can do them at home. Um, it obviously depends on the child's age too. Cause like older children have more independence. Um, but like, especially for like my new moms who they're, they have a baby. I encourage them to just have their baby with them when they're, you know, going for their walks or they're doing their workouts, put them in their little, I don't know what it's called. I'm not a mom guys, but in the little thing that holds the baby. And yeah. Like do it. Or like if the kid's a little older, like soccer practice, like do some laps, you know, while they're, you know, at practice or, yeah. you know, if your kid's sick, like, again, like knowing that, you know, knock on wood, they're only going to be sick for like four days. Like it's, you know, three days. Mm-hmm. And you see a lot of behaviors too. I mean, that could be fixed like a lot of the parents like they do just watch their kids they don't like walk the laps or you know little things like that can can make a huge difference and those are usually the same people who like when their kids and their activities pick up that also makes them feel a little out of control it's like no like you can still navigate these things it just might look a little different it might look like um parking your car further away when you're walking up to the you know, stadium, or maybe you are walking around while you're watching the football game with your family or whatever it might be. So it's going to look a little different as the seasons change, as your kids' activities change, but just taking time to reassess, like, how can I control this situation? How can I still have structure, but still be flexible within my family's needs, like things that are valuable and and important to me too. Yeah. Like, well, and you just said it valuable. Like what is like what, what are my values and like, how do my goals fit into those values? And what is, what are the most important tasks right now? Like, do you really like, for example, like say we're in a really busy season of life for a lot of my clients, I'll scale them from tracking all macros to maybe we go to a macro range or we go to protein and calorie goal, because if we can adhere to that and it's less stressful, that's still enough to you know, be working toward, you know, your goals for a lot of people. Um, like I'm not talking like contest prep, you know, obviously, but, um, just kind of looking like what is most important right now. And maybe like, what do I not have to stress? So like big and little fucks. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, so like what, like is, you know, you know, something that you can really offload in this season of life or what is not as important, you know, in this season and when something else takes priority. Yeah. And structure, it's a flexible thing, right? I mean, like for some of my clients, what brings some peace of mind is hitting everything to a T, you know, hitting the macros, hitting, you know, all of their prompts that they're supposed to fill out and it's valuable to them. And they're seeing those changes. I have other people where it's very overwhelming to complete everything. And so just meeting my clients with where they're at is very important because if you are someone where you're learning how to incorporate structure and have more control in your life, it can be really overwhelming if you have been completely out of control in the opposite direction where you haven't ever overlooked these things ever. 
um, learning how to collect all that data and show up for yourself every single day can be overwhelming. So if we can scale back some of those expectations to something that feels realistic for you, it can be a lot easier. And eventually you can get to the point where you might feel more comfortable filling out more of those boxes. That's a good point. It's really individual dependent because yeah, for some one person, like going to the gym, like that's their them time. Like they need that and that open communication with your coach. And, you know, as coaches, like just asking, like, how can I best support you Mm -hmm. is a really valuable question. Yeah. And I think that's so important to just like, even going from like a social media standpoint, like everybody copes differently. Right. And so if you see that person in the gym, super consistent, you're like, oh my gosh, like they must just be so motivated. It's like, no, that person is just maybe an autopilot and they're just disciplined and that's a part of their structure. And that's what get what gets them showing up. And same goes to like the macro tracking or making good choices when they're going out to eat. Like they don't need to be motivated for that. They might just be that they're like autopilot zone. Like for me, I get asked often, like, what keeps you motivated to train? And I tell people like, I'm really not motivated to train. Like I oftentimes am like, I dragging, just driving to the gym. Cause I hate driving there. But once I get going, like, I'm super happy that I'm there. Same. Yeah. I, I mean, like, I know people say like, Oh, the gym isn't therapy and no, the gym isn't a replace for like therapy and working with a therapist, but it very much can be therapeutic. And for me, yeah, yeah, it's like brushing my teeth. It's like, I feel like gross and crappy, you know, not from like a body image standpoint, but just like from like a emotional kind of wellness standpoint, like that's like my time. And like you said, even if I'm not like super hyped, I know that like, I don't have a bad workout if I go. And this is not me saying that go train seven days a week. So no one hear that. I'm saying I honor my rest days, but on my training days, you know, like those are my, like, you know, that's my me time. Yeah. Well, it's easy to see, you know, how people can get so addicted to all of this. So you oh, know. easy because before for me, training was an escape. It was life is stressful. Life is hard. I'm going to go escape to the gym for two hours. Yeah. Like it's, it's <laughs> easy to see how people want to use that as a coping mechanism or like even the nutrition, because sometimes, you know, people want to self-isolate in a way. So it's easy to say no to social situations when you don't know how to track your macros perfectly or whatever. Yeah. Like, oh, I can't go out to dinner because I don't know how to track it. And it's like, that's really not never an excuse. Even if you're in contest prep, you can bring your Tupperware. Like, I mean, I get it. Like sometimes you're tired, like whatever, like be honest with yourself. But if it's like a fear-based decision, for me, for me personally, that's always the differentiator. Like, is this a decision based out of fear? And if it is like, then that's something for me to dive into as far as my relationship with, you know, training and food. Yeah. And the fear thing is, is huge. Like contest prep, I will still go out to eat sometimes and just get like a diet Coke or water. Um, But there's times where I don't, where my energy is low. And I also like, I'm the only one that knows my intentions too. Right. Someone on Uh, that. Whose line is that? Whose line is that? That's your line. I know, but it's so true. It's so true. On my body, down my spine. I should get it. Maybe I should get it like on my armpit or something. Honestly, it would look kind of cool on the bicep. (laughs) <laughs> yeah do it like or down my spine <laughs> yeah only you know your 
God. There but yeah, it's true. Like you gotta really and like how do I know my intentions? I'm not saying everyone has to do this, but like I've been in therapy for a lot of years and like I've also like swung both ways and like, you know, have gone to those extremes and have been out of control and and obsessive and I know what that feels like. And I want to make a decision that's not going to make me feel that way or put me, you know, in that headspace. Yeah, because it's a completely different headspace. I mean, being able to like prep now, it's like a totally different headspace. So I'm not like not doing things because I hate myself or whatever, you know, it's just like totally different. Yeah. Um, it's for a sport and I recognize that it's short term and I recognize that I can stop at any time I want. And I think that's the most important thing is recognizing, like, can I stop? Like, and if the answer is, I don't know, or no, then again, we're, we have a problem here. Um, when I was disordered, I didn't know how to stop and I, or I would try to stop and I'd constantly fall on my face. So again, <laughs> knowing like that fine line, but the intentions things is huge. Cause like I'll even, and this is why I'm even hesitant to like post like full days of eating, like when I'm competing because I think people will just comment like that's not enough food or that's disordered or this or that and it's like well you don't know like what I'm doing or like why I'm doing it so I don't know I'm kind of like rambling at this point but what I'm saying is like you can't just say someone's obsessed by observing on the outside without really knowing like their why behind what they're doing I agree with that yeah I think just blinders on and not judging and and staying in your own lane because it's easy to to deflect too if you're in that mindset like oh well so and so does it so yeah it's well even people like our clients like they're let's say they're not obsessed but then they get someone in their family who's not involved with fitness at all and then they give them a hard time where they say why are you weighing out your food are you obsessed what's wrong with you why can't you skip the gym you know like just kind of the taunting over and over again but it's like they don't know your intentions or maybe they do. And there's some sort of jealousy or comparison going on, which is causing or this communication. Yeah, yeah. Which is causing this negativity. Um, and that's where I think sometimes like the client can be like, well, am I obsessed or, you know, is this like abnormal, you know, and then they can get into like a weird headspace too. Yeah. So like that goes back to like the, the question, like, well, could I stop or, you know, could I not do this? Like, am I doing this because it's in alignment with my goals and my values? Yeah. Check, check. Good. Then you're good. Yeah. And like really reevaluating, like, what is the purpose? Like, what does this serve in my life? And this is kind of going into like macro tracking, like for me, Macro tracking and competition prep is serving me a whole lot. <laughs> I need that to a T. Um, when I'm at a point where I've been kind of maintaining my weight, working my calories up, does it serve me as much from an emotional level? And like, from like, what do I value and what do I need right now? It's not tracking every single day. Um, it's not super helpful for me. So understanding like my own personal boundaries and being able to reevaluate throughout those phases of like my fitness journey is super important. And everyone's different too. Cause I know like you, you like structure more year round than I do. Yeah. And I mean, I'll just share personally, like, um, you know, a couple, like, uh, it was like four weeks ago. So like a month now, like my coach said to me, like, Hey, why don't we do an untracked day or an intuitive day? I think it might be, you know, good for you to help, you know, take some stress off because 
sometimes just data can be a lot. Like it's not like a stress, but it's like one more thing to think about. So that's why he suggested it to me. And my initial reaction was like, oh, I don't need that. Like, no, like how about an optional free meal? And he's Mm -hmm. like, no, I don't want it to be optional. Like I want you to do it because like, yes, I think even if it doesn't bother you, just try it and see what it feels like to maybe take a little data break. I do that a lot with clients. I take a data break, whether that's, you know, some aspect of their check-in sheet, or maybe we take off your like step watch and just kind of trust yourself a little bit and kind of, um, get out of like the numbers and the data side of things and go to more like your intuition and just kind of the fluidity of training nutrition, which might mean, you know, just again, a little bit of a data break. Yeah. You, you might actually end up liking these things too. Like the things that we value from a structural standpoint of like, oh, I've always done it this way. Like be open to change because you might like something new. Like for me, I used to be an avid train five times a week. And now I've been training four times a week for months and months now. And it's been way better for me in my schedule, way better for like just how my training is now with mixing some calisthenics in there. And I'm really enjoying it, but I would have never been able to experience that if I would have had that wallop of like, no, I absolutely refuse to try that. Yeah. Cause you can always go back. You can always go back to how you were doing it. Right. Yeah. I mean, you can always go but back. You to, want to Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, and just give it, give it a go to be open to trying new things. If you're starting your fitness journey, if you're working with a coach, again, put your trust in them, but be willing to try new things because it might work really well for you. And even like with like food sources, like I have had clients like send over their diaries where I'm like, well, what if we tried potatoes or rice as your carbs instead of so many veggies? Like, and some of them will be like, absolutely not. Like they get like upset about it. And others are like, oh, I would have never thought about that. I was like unintentionally avoiding that, but being open to just trying new things because it may do your body some good. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it goes back to that, like that pushback, like that's a fear response because it's different. You know, it's, we're like, we want what's familiar. Yeah. But what's familiar may not be best for you. Yeah. So different can definitely be a good thing. Um, And different can sometimes also be the other way through like to progress Cause I could even take this into like having that control of like always being in a diet and cutting and never bringing my calories up. It's like, no, like we need to try something different. Like this isn't working right now, but everybody gets to that different, um, breaking point where they have that like self-analyzation of like, okay, I'm obviously kind of spinning my wheels here. And how, like how much stress is this causing us? Like be honest, because if, your structure and your rigidity is really causing you a lot of stress. What do we know that's counterintuitive for your physique and performance goals? Being stressed out all the time. Yeah. So that's where like that, again, honest evaluation, which really like only you can do. I mean, usually coaches, we can see through the lines a little bit, but you Mm -hmm. really like got to be honest with yourself, like have those hard conversations, communicate with your coach. Um, because it really, you know, it all, it all has to go together. Yeah. How would you recommend, um, obviously you're a coach, but like, how would you recommend someone that's feeling like they might have some obsessive tendencies, communicate that with their coach or maybe like a friend or a partner? Yeah. Like I think just telling them the scenario, like, Hey, 
you know, I went to do that free meal you wanted me to do. And like, I was really surprised, like how much anxiety it gave me. And like, I really, really wanted to track it in my fitness pal, you know, like, is that normal? Like, and I'll tell you, it's normal for clients to feel that way. That's very common. So let's work through it. Um, let's kind of talk about like those fears and unpack them and like what went on, like what went on, you know, leading up to it. Like, how did you approach your nutrition leading up to it? Um, what went on after, how did you feel after, what did you choose? Like, what are the fears that came up? Um, and maybe we can start challenging, you know, those fears. Yeah. I think just as a, like a client, just tap into your emotions and like, bring us, give us a story, like give us a scenario so we can like be there with you. And, um, again, like normal is a spectrum. However, your personal emotions are going to be different for each and every situation. So yeah, it could very well be something abnormal and odds are, honestly, if you're bringing it up, if you feel the need to bring it up to someone else, someone else, that's a great sign that like, okay, something's probably a little bit off here. Yeah. And if you're a client of Nicole or eyes, like you can't shock us. Like, I think a lot of times like clients feel like guilty or ashamed or just like nervous to bring up like uncomfortable things. And it's like, we've been doing this long enough. Like we've been through our own shit. Like you yeah. can't shock us. <laughs> no, nothing is TMI really, honestly. <laughs> just don't send me pictures of your poop. That's the only thing. Yeah. We still have some boundaries, <laughs> some boundaries, but that's yeah. Other than that, I mean, I feel like this episode is going to be helpful. I know that this is being recorded in December and we're about to enter into the new year, but I think some people, they might hit the ground running with their fitness goals and then wind up being a little bit too obsessive or feeling a little out of control in situations and just know like fitness should, as cheesy as it sounds, fit into your life. It shouldn't be so consuming, causing so much stress and anxiety. It should enhance your life. Um, and it doesn't have to be this crazy obsessive endeavor. Amen. Oh. It's supposed to be fun. It's, it is fun. You guys. <laughs> yeah. And Sarah, where can people find you if they want to get into contact? Yeah. So Instagram is where I am most active. So it's at Sarah Ford Bishop. Um, my web website is Sarah Bishop fitness.com link and in my bio on Instagram for all of the things. And she has uh, a newsletter. I have a newsletter. Thanks yeah. for bringing that up. So now I have to be more consistent with it, <laughs> which they can sign up on your website, right? You can sign up on my website. There you go. I'm just helping her plug herself, but you are <laughs> for any more information on Sarah, you can find that down below in the description. And thank you again, Sarah. Thank you. Here on Beyond the Bikini, we talk a lot about training and nutrition. Trust me, it can be challenging to hit your fitness goals on your own. There is so much out there when it comes to working out, hitting your nutrition, and finding the plan that's right for you and your goals. Now, one thing that can make that a lot easier is hiring a coach and getting support towards your goals. I'm happy to say that I do offer online health and fitness coaching. I have plans that vary from support with training and nutrition and just your nutrition, and I even offer challenges throughout the year. If that sounds like something you're interested in, make sure you check out that description box down below. You can also find more details on my coaching services at NicoleFerrierFitness.com or even on Instagram at NicoleFerrierFitness. All right, now back to the episode.